Captain's Log, Stardate 75866.1. I'm Captain Britton. And I'm Captain Spencer. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly go... Where no, no one has, has gone, gone before skin. This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves on a weekly basis, do we hate Star Trek? Today we'll be discussing Strange New World Season 1, Episode 4, Memento Mori, and the original series, uh, Season 3, Episode 16, The Mark of Gideon. But before we get into that, let's check in on what's new in the Star Trek universe. We got Trek news for you. going on in trek news this week for sure um do you want to do you want to start with uh, your first thing here yeah the comic book thing? so they're okay, according to comicbook.com um there is they're really idw is uh, idw publishing comic book publisher is putting out a a comic book series called star trek picard stargazer to bridge the gap between seasons two and three, presumably covering some kind of events that occur between those two seasons. Um, mm-hmm. So that's coming out. Uh, looks like uh, it's a mini series. It doesn't say how many ep- uh, how many issues here. I mean, who reads Star Trek comics? Is my question. I I don't know, but the art's pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Art, I saw like, I saw the covers. The covers looks, look pretty good. Looks I mean, pretty cool. But I mean, once again, like Star Trek comics, that's a thing. I didn't even. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I oh, assumed yeah. that was a thing. I don't think it's a big thing, is it? Uh, I mean, they've been making Star Trek comics since the 90s, or no, since earlier than the 90s. But like, yeah. they did they did do Star Trek series for all of the, the series in the 90s. Like, I have some, some Deep yeah, Space so, Nine comics, so, uh, and some what, Next Generation it's, comics. It's not a weird indie publishing company, like IBC or something like that now, or uh, IDW. IDW, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, it is. It is still a very indie comic. I mean, it's not even on like Dark Horse or anything. That I mean, IDW is a pretty major publisher. They're like a big indie publisher, but they're like not even like top four or five. I don't. Well, maybe like number five. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're definitely not. Uh, yeah, not up there with like a Marvel or a DC. Yeah, I mean, but like, still, I mean, like that's they're still putting out Star Trek comics. I think that's interesting. It I is. Didn't realize and that I, was I imagine, I mean, the writing can't be worse than Star Trek Picard the show. So. Honestly, no, it's probably better. Probably. probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Hey, maybe check that out or don't. Maybe, maybe if I don't you're know. that, I don't know. Uh, also in Star Trek news this week, in a Gizmodo article mm-hmm. uh, published this week, they went ahead and uh, asked all of the people involved in the Star Trek world, uh, when is stuff getting released? And uh, so we got a release schedule a little bit here, or some very vague dates for, uh, you know, the upcoming Star Trek being released. Of course, mm-hmm. right now, um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is playing. We're on episode four of ten of this season right now. So it's going to yep. be another six weeks. It'll go into uh, 
mid-July-ish. Okay. And uh, about mid-July, um, Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3 is scheduled to pick up. Three? Three. They have wow, seasons, they've been yeah. cranking that out. They're definitely yeah. cranking that hog. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, after that, hog. we have uh, Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 Part 2, um, which they've been working on for quite a while. The uh, The first part of the season ended about three months ago, I think. What's this thing they're doing now where they're splitting a season of a show into two little mini seasons? So like, I'm okay going I'm on? okay with that if it's something like so for like um Better Call Saul as you're aware of. Mm. They split it into two seasons. They actually did that because some of the actors had like time restraints and stuff like that so they couldn't uh film it all in one big go. So they had okay. to split it up and because of production schedules and editing and stuff like that, they decided to just hey, we'll just make it two half seasons. That's fine. A lot of people are doing okay. that now. But there's only like a month and a half gap in between those. For this, uh, the only date they said is this will probably be later in 2022, either quarter three or quarter four, which means it might be mm-hmm. six to nine months between like releases of the same different halves of the same season, which I'm like. That's weird. Yeah, that's super weird. That's a lot. But, yeah. yeah. So Star Trek Discovery season five is expected to come out sometime in 2023. Uh, right. And this time they're going to be doing 10 episodes instead of the regular 13 episodes, which mm-hmm. I think is a great idea because, uh, you know, the less Star Trek Discovery, the better. <laughs> At this point. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Discovery in a long time. I'm assuming it's probably yeah. not good. I, but I, I gave know. up in the middle of season three. And if you look at the ratings for the seasons, like the first two seasons are kind of decently rated. Around season three, it just starts to tank, and season four is got to be easily the worst rated season of any Star Trek show. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I don't trust the ratings too much because of like what happened with Picard. Yeah, like, but it, bad. It was, I trust yeah, bad ratings when it comes to Star Trek. Yeah, if someone says okay. this Star Trek is bad, it usually is. That's true. It That's usually true. is. Yeah. Um, and so those are the the main series that are being uh, you know in development. Uh, also in development that hasn't been released yet is Section Thirty One. Um, right. Uh, the uh, starring Michelle Yeoh, who plays mm-hmm. uh, Philip, uh, Captain uh, Philippa Georgiou, uh, which I mean, I think could be an awesome show because she was the best part of Star I Trek mean, Discovery I season guess, one. But like, here's the thing: I don't mm-hmm. need no, I don't need no more dark Star Trek. I'd be fine with dark I mean, Star Trek if they did it correctly. DS Nine is all dark Star Trek, yeah. and it rules. It's shades of gray Star Trek. It's not. It's like, darker it's shades not of like gray though. Anti-heroes. It's darker like, shades on. of gray, and I could. I I don't know. They could take it cool places. I really like Michelle Yeoh. Not this. Not this production crew. No, I, no, I don't no. know. I don't know. I don't know. We we could see. Um, but oh. the other one they have in development. But then again. It may never materialize because they That's announced true. that Section 31 was in development three years ago now. Yeah. And nothing has come to light. Like, they announced Picard and Strange New Worlds after that, and those... That's and, a good point. I was wondering. I and felt, Lower Decks. I feel Dex, like that's been like, around for a long yeah, they, time. Yeah, they announced it during Season 1 of Discovery. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and the other one that they announced, actually in 2018, is oh, Starfleet no. Academy. Oh. Uh, this is supposed to be a live action show about Starfleet Academy, which could be cool. I could see how they could take that. Ne- they're just going to do Riverdale in, in that, fucking that's space. That's the problem. I think they're just going to make it a fucking YA show, and it's yeah. going to, yeah, it's going to yeah, be dog ass garbage bullshit. You know what that is, and that's I don't know. I don't know if that's yeah. I don't. Good. I don't. I don't, I don't know if that's what we I, want. I don't know if I want that. Yeah. So 
finally, in Star Trek news this week, um, this article is a doozy. Yeah. So in a uh, a article by Slash Film, um, Robert Beltran, uh, who played Chakotay Chipotle Chipotle in uh, in Voyager, uh-huh. says that he regrets his Star Trek Voyager romance. And uh, it takes a while to get to it in the article, but eventually mm-hmm. it, it reveals that um, he regrets his romance specifically with Seven of Nine. It was very much shoehorned into the season finale of Voyager. Like, yeah. before then, they had, like, kind of a working relationship. Uh, and they, they talked every now and again, but there was no, like, romantic spark between them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if it was anyone, he should have been with, like, Janeway, maybe. Well, yeah. Like, but not Seven of Nine. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, no, um, it didn't make any sense at all. You know, because he, like, he wasn't, you know, he came from the Maquis, like, in the first episodes, and so he was from a different world than Janeway, so I think that could have been acceptable, because it wouldn't have been exactly like a boss and her subordinate, because they were on a very different level, you That's know? That's true. That's true. Um, but, uh, so, according to Beltran, quote, I think what worked in any time you see some kind of interpersonal rel- relationship, it was interesting. For example, you had Chakotay and the captain... Chakotay and Seska, and the relationship that was thrown together quickly at the end with Seven of Nine. Other than those relationships, Chakotay was kind of a solitary character, at least from seasons four to seven, which mm-hmm. were the Seven of Nine seasons. Yeah, yeah. So, he was such an incel in all those seasons. I, I, I mean that in the nice way possible, nicest way possible. Chakotay is a, ni- a great yeah. character. I like him, but I feel yeah. like he's not. He is involuntarily celibate like i, I feel like i think he's more volcel i feel like harry kim is more of an incel that's a good point yeah yeah um so one thing that this article brought up that i actually did not know before this mm. is that uh for the majority of her time on voyager jerry ryan who played seven of nine was romantically involved with none other than brandon braga one of the executive producers right, and yeah. the showrunner for the seventh season. Wasn't he the co-creator? No, no, he's no. the co-creator of Enterprise. Correct, correct, yeah. along, along with Rick Berman. So yes. so he was brought on originally as a producer. Uh, yeah. It was Michael Piller, Jerry Taylor, and uh, Rick Berman. Mm-hmm. But then Jerry Taylor left season four. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, fucking Piller left to go work, I think, back on DS9, and then Berman cut out in season six so he could go work on Enterprise. And Brandon Braga was the only one left on season seven. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, really, once Jerry Taylor leaves the show, it gets super fucking uh, sexy seven, the fucking show. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and especially season seven is all like Borg plot lines. A couple good ones with those, I forget their name, the fucking space trash men. You remember those guys? Vaguely. Yeah, they were pretty cool. The ones that were like old fucking like astronaut suits and they were just polluting the galaxy and shit. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I don't hate Voyager. It's, it's pretty watchable. No, it, it is. It is. I will say season seven sucks. Yeah, it's it gets kind of rough towards the end. Yeah, it really does. Sure. Like definitely the best parts of it, I'd say, are seasons three and four. I don't like, know. I, I like the first season of Voyager where it's like they're trying to integrate the Maquis crew I, I into don't, the main crew. And I that's kind of like the whole yeah, they, crux of the show. It is for I, the first like four or five episodes. It's not the first whole season at all. Even Well, they, they mention it at least in the first season. They stop right. mentioning it as of the second season. Right. Like, but now nah, we're yeah, all good. I feel like the thing like the, the Maquis really should have been a bigger like conflict. I feel because after the first so, season, there's no conflict at all. 
apparently, and I read this somewhere somewhat recently, apparently it was originally the, the plan mm-hmm. to continue to develop that, but then due to like personnel changes behind the scenes, they dropped that storyline and ended up pursuing uh, other storylines. That's a bummer. Because insta- instead they did just like fucking Neelix episodes and no. Like that makes me like open the drawer and just stare at the phaser. I'm I'm you okay. Know? I'm okay with Neelix episodes. He's all right. Moving on. Neelix is on. Moving on. We're not going to fight today. Hashtag Moving justice on. for Neelix. Fuck you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah that's, that's Trek news for the day. I think that's Trek news for the day. Okay, so you want to get into our discussion? Let's do it. Strange new worlds on the Enterprise with Captain Pine. We'll tell you how it goes. We'll be screaming. Hey, we got our new uh, episode of Trek. We just watched it. Yeah, uh, just did. came out. Just dropped yeah. today. Um, strange. We're, new... we're we're hot on the tip of the new Trek. We're getting it right into the main vein, mm, and we're yeah. here to expose it to you. Indeed, uh, season one, episode four, Memento Mori, mm-hmm. um, released today, May twenty sixth, twenty twenty two. Yeah. It was written by Davy Perez of Supernatural fame. God, and, Supernatural sucks. Um, and and Bo DeMaio, who wrote for The Witcher and Moon Knight. Okay. Uh, it was directed by Dan Liu, best known for directing several episodes of both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. All right, that's the, the other one. I forgot yeah. that they have two of those shows. Isn't it crazy? Hasn't Walking Dead been on the air for like 12 seasons. I think it's something. on its 13 and final season what now or the something. Fuck? Yeah, it's it's absolutely not. Like Dude, who cares? definition who of bringing cares? blood from a stone, man. Like, like that... who who gives a fuck about zombie shit anymore? That shit Especially 12 seasons of jo- of zombie shit. Right? That, like, that's the, a lot. Like anyone who's still watching a show about zombies is like, "Oh, fucking oh, bacon is epic." <laughs> <laughs> fuck fuck those guys. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, um, so, uh, this episode of Strange New Worlds, pretty good. Pretty good. It's It was pretty good. Pretty it was, good. It was pretty good. It was it was the most Star Trek-feeling episode I've seen out of New Trek, right. probably. And it, it actually like made a lot of references to a lot of stuff that it has existed for a long time in the Star Trek universe, and it did it responsibly. It wasn't like shitty fan service where it's like, hey, she's related to Khan, everybody! Um, yeah, they did tone down a lot of that stuff. Yeah. It, had, it had a pretty tight plot, yeah. and then it had like a a also fairly tight B plot, yeah. and then a really kind of uh, C plot. But like it all it all worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. So um, we start with a recap of stuff before, which gives you an idea of what the the show is going to be about. Which this is a point of contention for mm-hmm. me. I feel like the recap spoils the episode, and in this case, yeah, because I, I guessed what the episode yeah, was about too. based on the recap. Me too. Yeah. So and it, like it would have been yeah. more fun, I think, going into it without the recap. So, so. so let's skip the recap. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and do that so, from now on. Yeah. Skip the so. Recaps. So we uh, we start with the Enterprise, and it's going to a planet called Philibus Three, uh-huh. um, for some sort of atmospheric upgrade. Because without the atmospheric upgrade, uh, it's for a colony that's on the planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's a colony there's there, and they there. need some upgrade in order to make it a livable space or something. So they're like going to go help out this colony. Um, yep. 
We uh, and uh, it just happens to be Enterprise Remembrance or uh, Federation Remembrance Day or something. Yeah, and it cuts to like a, a various crew members looking at medals. Right, and they, Not, yeah. some of them have different pins for different like ships that were lost and stuff. Yeah, and uh, one thing that was interesting here is uh, Pike is wearing a uh, a pin for the the Sharp Starship Discovery, which oh. uh, which has like gone way into the future at this point. Which is kind of weird because according to the uh, show Discovery, when it went into the future, after it went into the future, all records of of its existence were wiped from Starfleet. See, okay, yeah. and so I don't so, understand what the fuck is happening with Discovery. Like, it's in the future now. Yeah, they're what? they're they're in like the year thirty one hundred about or something like that. What? Yeah, they're like way in the future, man. Why? Because fucking Alex Kurtzman can't stop coming over fucking time travel ideas. All right. Okay? Uh, well, I, I can't explain it to you. It's, it's a stupid plot, and that's why, like, the seasons have suffered, even though they have David fucking Cronenberg in there. Cronenberg? Yeah, Cronenberg's, like, a main cast member in Discovery, dude. David Cronenberg. The, David, the director, the great David Cronenberg, who did fucking Videodrome, is a main cast member in Star Trek Discovery. What? Yeah, you heard exactly what I said. I did not misspeak. Anyway, so um, okay. we go to Hemmer, and Hemmer is quizzing Ahura about uh, some engineering stuff, and uh, he's criticizing cadets about how ignorant they are. And he's and being she, a jerk. Yeah, and she drops some fucking knowledge, and she's like, I'm smart, check this out, here's all this information about what you were just asking. And uh, then she asks some, some philosophical question about some shit, and... Uh, Hammer says, "You're going to have to be more. Uh, you're going to have to do more than theorize to impress me." And Hera says, "Challenge accepted." And I was like, eh. um, yeah. "So yeah. then, uh, then we go to number one, uh, Rebecca Romaine, and uh, she, she, uh, and Leanne are on the bridge, and she asks if Leanne is distracted, and if she's on Leanne, um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Leanne says no, and so after that." Um, we go to the bridge, or we're all on the bridge. Uh, Pike tries to communicate with the planet, but we find that the uh, communication satellite on Philobus 3 has been destroyed. Yeah. And so they have to send down a landing party in order to figure stuff out, and uh, Leanne and Number One and some others decide that they're going to be the ones to go down to the planet. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go down to the planet, and the planet has no human life signs. And a whole bunch of shits on fire. And a bu- there's a bunch of blood everywhere. There's a bunch of blood and fire and a uh-huh. dog that yeah. distracts them. And uh, and there's like they they find this like town square center, and there's a bunch of blood stains. Like someone dragged a bunch of bodies there, but then dragged them away, which is super cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um. So after that, uh, we go back to the Enterprise and a strange ship shows up near the Enterprise and it's a bunch of refugees on a cargo vessel. Yeah. Uh, people from the planet from Philobus 3. And, but they don't remember how they got on the car- cargo ship or how they got away from whatever happened. They don't remember what happened. Right, right. They're just like, we heard this loud sound, this weird sound, and then everything got fuzzy and then mm. now we're on this ship and we're dying. Ah. Which is whatever. They didn't really explain that, but whatever. Um, the ship is uh, transport resistant, though, because it's carrying radioactive stuff, and so uh, the Enterprise has to have like a physical tube between the two ships in order for everyone to Which board. Which means they can't raise shields. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, then the uh, the lady says uh, from the ship uh, once they get on there that the farmers 
saw streaks in the sky like rain on fire. Yeah. Which is like what started everything. Um, They're like plasma bombardment from orbit. mm -hmm. And so we find out there are only 100 survivors on the ship, and that is all of the total survivors from the entire planet. Um, Yeah, and then we find out that uh, the rain on fire was something called suborbital plasma bombardment. That was close. Yes. Um, So uh, we're, uh, you know, they're getting all the refugees onto the ship. And uh, then there's this this bratty little kid who's, like, all scared and shit. And he's like, hey, uh, the monsters are coming. Hide. And uh, Leanne's like, what monsters? Um, and, and the kid's like, oh, they make these, like, clicking sounds. And she's like, the oh, Gorn. It's the fucking Gorn. It's the so, fucking Gorn. So she's immediately like, hey, uh, Captain Pike, fucking scan, scan, do this weird scanning operation. Uh, just wild hair at my ass, and Pike does it, and well, they find and so a hologram. The, well, yeah, and let's yeah. not forget like her background with the Gorn. She was apparently, and this was described in a previous episode. Yeah, which is why which, this is why we skipped the recap, is because the recap like laid this straight out. It was one of the first thing they said. Yeah, she's it was like, like her giving uh, her backstory. Yeah, she's with like, the Gorn. Uh, my family's ship was captured by the Gorn. Thank you very yeah, much. And so, like when she was a uh, a, ca- a captive of the Gorn, she was like forced to like. Be hunted by Gorns on a Gorn birthing planet, mm-hmm. and it was a whole thing. Oh, we'll we'll get to that. So, we'll get to that. Yeah, no, no I know, thing. but I'm just saying. Like, so she's got all this like backstory, right? So then she goes up to the captain. She's like, "You got to scan for this stuff. You got to mm-hmm. be all serious." He's like, "Okay, fine." Does the scan, finds a hologram, mm-hmm. and so out of this hologram comes a ship, like immediately, and. Pike's like, fucking raise the shields. And they're like, we can't raise the shields because of that goddamn transport tube. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, fuck. But he doesn't say that, but he pretty no. much says that. He should have said that. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, when are we going to get the first fuck on Star Trek, do you think? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, probably not in this show. Yeah, probably not. Maybe maybe uh, Section 31. We did Oh, Picard. we already did Picard. Yeah, the, the fucking audacity. Yeah. The fuck. Fucking audacity! Didn't, didn't like Brent Spiner say fuck a bunch? I feel as like soon he did. as yeah. Anton Soong or whatever. Although, like she she contacts Pike through a uh, a fucking um, uh, what do you call it? A transponder in order to get him to raise the shields because she herself is on the transport tube. Yeah, and uh, she sees a ship and she's like, "Oh, it's the fucking Gorn." who summarily attack the ship and destroy the transport tube. Yeah. Credits roll. Really long intro. Yeah, I, I clocked it at just under 11 minutes. Wasn't wasn't bad, though. It, it, it had a good flow to it. Yeah, it yeah. worked. It worked. So. Yeah, so the, the ship with the refugees is blown up. Transport tube is blown up. Mm-hmm. We've got La'an and Number One, and they're injured, and they're in yeah. the, like... The... They wake up in an absolute war zone. Everyone's scattered all over the place. They got nine fatalities. We got uh, six crew members and uh, three civilians from this this planet. Mm-hmm. So ni- ninety seven survivors now mm-hmm. from this planet. Um, so number one is injured. Loder, uh, orders Leanne to the bridge. Uh, warp is down, and Hemmer is working on getting it back at this point. Uh, and he's like in a cargo bay or something. Um. So Pike asks how fast that. Uh, um, he asks Ortega, the helm, helms person, helms they them, 
Um, what the fastest impulse they can get is, and they're like, uh, we can do like half impulse. So he's like, all right, uh, let's retreat on impulse. And then Leanne says, uh, they cannot fight the whole thing or any, any of these guys because the entire thing was a trap. They're one step ahead. Uh, and then she sees like in the fog on the, the smoke in the bridge, a fucking some, some guy. Like she's a specter. Of a specter, sorts. yeah. Memory. She's a she's a ghost. Mm-hmm. A ghost from her past. And then uh, Pike like agrees. He's like, okay, we'll run away. Where can we go? And he's mm-hmm. like, Spock. There's this black hole nearby, and there's like a gas cloud, a volatile gas cloud around this black hole. So, so there's a there's a brown dwarf, mm-hmm. and it's it's going around a black hole. Gotcha. And and she's like, if we can get near the brown dwarf, there's a giant gas cloud that will hide us. Uh, and they're we'll, like, we'll have to go slow. And we'll have to have our shields down. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Pike says, let's get an orbit of that brown dwarf to even the playing field with the Gorn. Um, and Ortega says, uh, to a giant gas cloud of death. Why not? I and hated that. Moment. That the, I think that might be the soyest de- episode of the moment. We have a couple more, but we'll no, there's this. one that's. Worse. Maybe, maybe we'll get to it. I wrote, I wrote. Yeah. Um, oh. So then we go to the main cargo bay where we have uh, Hemmer and um, Ahura. Uh, so the main cargo bay and the medical bay were both directly hit, and so neither of those places really have like much power at all or systems. Um, and Ahura and Hemmer wake up, and uh, uh, Hemmer is stuck beneath a giant ice crate with a big, like, ice symbol on it, and his his yeah. hand is underneath it, and it's absolutely fucking broken. He's like, get this thing off of me! Yep. And then she, like, kicks it really hard, and it comes off of him. Yeah, which I'm like, why couldn't Hammer, li-? like, whatever. Um, So the coolant system is failing here, but Hammer stabilizes it. But he says it'll only last for maybe about 20 minutes. At this point, the uh, ionic gas around the ship has cut off all systems, including medical bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain, or sorry, not Captain, but uh, Medical Officer Mbega, or sorry, Lubega. Lubega. Lubega says that there are nine confirmed casualties and that because they can't really use the med systems, what they really need are just straight up uh, analog medical supplies. Yeah. Which they don't really have because they rely on technology. Maybe a little too much. So uh, number one walks into Medical Bay and she collapses and... uh, Turns out her injuries are way worse than we thought. Yeah, turns out her Illyrian shit can't cure everything. So, uh, Nurse Chapel uh, says they can't fire up any of the medical bays, so uh, she is tasked to fix number one with more conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. Neato. Um, we go back to the bridge. Uh, Captain Pike is asking about their options, how they can defend themselves. They apparently only have one photon torpedo left. And yep. because they're in a giant gas cloud, they can't use the weapon because propulsion systems will set the gas cloud on, cloud on fire and destroy everybody. Yeah. Makes sense, actually. I, that was one thing that I was like, you know what? That That is pretty good writing. That all makes sense. And like, they do Feels a, like Star Trek. Yeah, they do a thing in this episode, my, one, of my fav, one of my favorite Star Trek things, where everybody's sitting around a table and they're discussing the problem at hand. Yeah, yeah. And, that and was, that's the first incident, incident of that. Yeah, and they, um, they all have different ideas. I think that happened on the first episode, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it's been a while. Um, it's been a while, yeah. So, uh, Pike is like, uh, 
you know, we can't use weapons anyway, and we don't know what they're going to do because no one's seen them. And Leanna's like, hey, guess what? Raise her hand. I've, I've fucking seen them. And uh, so she says, she says um, the Federation says, if we can find a way to empathize with an enemy, we can one day be their friend. But they're wrong. The fucking Gorn are predators, and uh, we're prey. Yeah. Like, there's no two ways about it. We have to kill or be killed, basically. Which is cool. You know, you need... I mean, you need, it is what it is. Yeah, you need a big bad like that in Star Trek, like like the Borg, like the Gorn, whatever. Like, a someone who cannot be reasoned with, I, th- with, I think, you know? Species yeah. uh, like a, 8, 8, 8, 4, 7, 9, whatever. 8, what? 4, 7, 2, I think. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, 8472. Yeah, Species 8472 in the Borg and melting fat blunts like their reactor core. Yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Yep. So, um, so Pike says that they can only survive by working together and that they're the Federation, so they'll fucking get through this. And you know mm-hmm. what? He's right. That That is a great Star Trek captain attitude. Very rousing. Very, you know, very succinct. I really like that part. I like yeah, Pike. That, I just like Pike. Pike's yeah, a good captain. I mean, he he is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The the way the the storyline unfolds in this episode episode is really tight. Like it, it keep it is pretty engaging. Yeah. yeah. Um, as it goes, mm-hmm. and like they keep upping the stakes, right? They do. Um, until it reaches a climax. Yeah, it it has like a cool. classic Star Trek arc, to be honest, and that was really reassuring to me. Actually, I guess yeah. There's. There's an A plot, B plot, C plot, and D plot. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because we've got yeah, yeah, because we got we got Ahura and Hammer, right, and uh, number one as the the B D plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fucking C or a, a B plot is gonna be Leanne, Leanne and her fucking background, and then the obviously the the A plot is them getting away from these motherfuckers. So yeah, there's a lot Correct. going on here, Correct. and it, it all works really well. They mm-hmm. make the cuts at the right time and decide to go back to different stories at just the right time. Yeah, this is a pretty well structured episode, and also like the background music. And I pointed this out to yeah, you yeah, at one yeah. point, but like they do the thing they they do Star Trek like background music. And this is the first um, time emotion music, that. emotion. So yeah. so the problem with a lot of new Trek is there's always music happening, and mm-hmm. whereas with old Trek, what they'll do is they'll have a scene that's mostly silence, but at the very end of the scene, they'll do a musical cue. And like zoom in on one person to let you know exactly how they're feeling, and I love that. They'll do that. I love that. There was that. a thing they did in this episode where it's just like the general positive background music for what's happening, and it was uh, it was nice. It was good. It yeah. felt good. It felt like a like like an old trick. Yeah. Stuff. So at this point, uh, Pike uh, notices uh, Leanne is uh, kind of out of sorts, and he asks her how she's holding up, and she says uh, she really doesn't have any feelings because nobody cares about her. Uh-huh. And he asks her, is there anything else you can remember about the Gorn? And she's like, uh, nah, not at this time. So we go back to Hemmer and Ahura, who have to work together, um, even though Hemmer says he's not fond of teams, which, as you pointed yeah. out, how did he get to, like, be yeah. a chief engineer? Yeah, no, that that was my point. It's like he's an upper management of yeah. a starship. And so that means, like, he has a lot of people <laughs> under his command he is leading the engineering I mean, team. He's is, chief engineer. Yeah, what is he, right? though? Like a, like a lieutenant? or? A, but he's chief maybe engineer. Commander? He's chief engineer, right? I mean, he might be non-commissioned, though, too. You never know. For sure, but he still he controls the engineering team on the ship. True. It's, like, critical. How can you be not a fan of teams if, like... He's, he just said he's not fond teams. of them. 
I mean, but I like that doesn't make sense. He he's like so gruff and he's such an asshole and yeah. like the way that he interacts with everybody is so shitty. Like mm-hmm. I have such a hard time believing that he would be like in the role that he's in. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to. He's he's no worse than uh, Voyager's ship cook. He's much worse than Neelix. <laughs> Neelix is much like more likable. No, he's not. Yes, you know Tom Paris it. is worse than Neelix. Like I, I, I fucking hate Tom. I Paris. like Tom Paris for the first like three seasons. No, he Tom falls Paris off hard. Is garbage. He's a redemption arc. He's like, a D tier character. No, no, he 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 lays the D tier. Uh, yeah, not really. Fat D, yeah. Tom Paris. No, Tom Paris has a small penis. No, no, 1, definitely thousand percent. No, no, no. Mm. no. Lays the D. D- doesn't does not lay the D. <laughs> so debatably does not lay the D. We go we go back to Spock and Spock gets creative and uh, says a lot of techno babble. Yeah, incoming. which actually works just fine. But what what they do like ultimately makes sense. Uh, basically, he's like, so because we're in the gas cloud. Uh, our our sensors do not work. However, our atmospheric sensors still do work, which does make sense. They can uh, get a, a basic idea of mm-hmm. what's around them as far as like chemical composition, whatever goes. And he says, using the atmospheric sensors, we can triangulate things on our sensors and like find out like what matters out there and use them to basically triangulate and find out exactly where the Gorn are, which I was like, yeah, okay, that's pretty sure. trick. Yeah. Sure. And then they have a line that's like, we're going to turn our compass into a radar. Which I thought was dumb, but whatever. No, he said, Mr. Spock, you just turned a compass into a radar. Get it done. And I was like, hmm, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, so they remain in the same place as the Gorn uh, begin to come right towards them. And they're like, it's a tense moment. They're like, the one, one minute. And like when they get to like 10 mm-hmm. seconds, the Gorn divert because they can't, after all, see them. And so they're very relieved. Um, yeah, but they can see where the Gorn are now. They can see uh, where the Gorn uh, are. What are they going to do? Now, now, Pike comes up with a plan. He says, you know what? Arm that very last to- uh, photon torpedo we have, um, mm-hmm. even though the guidance systems don't work and we can't use the propulsion systems. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to get up right beneath them. We're going to drop the photon torpedo and pull away and basically, gravity will pull it towards the ship, which makes sense. So in this case, that like, makes it sense. actually does make sense. It makes sense. Because they're in the gravity well of the black hole, there is a direction gravity will be going, and they can use that to their advantage. That's very cool. Yeah. That's actual, real science fiction shit. Yeah, that's real gravity they're working with. I love wow. it. Um, Amazing so, when you think about like logistics, right? So, so they do that. Cool. The photon torpedo, for some reason, looks like a 2004 flip phone. No idea why. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a like a razor. You remember razor flip phones? It oh looks yeah, like a, a, a silver I had one razor. of those for a minute. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool, dude. Was well, pretty cool. Um, so they they do destroy the ship, um, but then more show up, and they're like, "Oh shit! It was a trap. Uh, they wanted us to attack them, so they could fucking like you know figure out where we are." So, yeah, um, they decide. Uh, if they go deeper into the brown dwarf, it could destroy the ship. However, it could also destroy the Gorn ship. And this is the yeah. only part of the episode I was like, meh, about. Because Pike's like, I believe in the Enterprise. It's going to hold up in the Gorn aren't. Which is like, hope is a big part of, of captains. But it's been established here that the Gorn like are relentless. And they have technology in ways superior to the Federation. I would not count on Federation engineering just being superior to the Gorn. 
Yeah, that's kind of like some weird American exceptionalism BS. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't really love that part of it because, mm. like, they've spent most of this episode establishing, like, pretty real, like, and solid decision-making from everybody. Yeah. So then to, like, hinge the crux of the episode on, like, hey, we're just going to believe it's going to work. And not even in that sort of a way. That's not how it's presented. How it's presented is, I know it will work because I know it will work. No, yeah, it was, and it's it, like, he said literally, good idea, Spock. We need to go deeper into the brown dwarf. I believe in the Enterprise. We can outlast them. I'm like, mm, I yeah, I don't know. Because, like, everybody's giving him conflicting info at that point. They're like, no, like, structural integrity will crumble. Mm-hmm. Like, the ship will fall apart. And then when they go deeper, like, one of the one of the uh, decks collapses and this dude gets killed. Yeah. And then, like, that dude died no, we'll, we'll, because we'll, of that. We'll get there. So, so back in Medical Bay, um, Mbega, or Lubega, sorry, is giving stitches to number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's pretty much that entire scene. So the ship is making weird noises now. Uh, and we're back in the cargo bay with Ahura and uh, Hammer. And Ahura is struggling. Um, uh, Hammer is like, I can't use my hands. You're going to need to do all of this. Yeah. And so he kind of guides her based on touch. Because Hammer can't see. And so like the things he knows how to do are based on touch. And so mm-hmm. he kind of guides her. Um, we go back to the bridge. And the lower decks are beginning to buckle. And mm-hmm. so fucking Pike is like, all right, seal the bulkhead, seal off those decks. If the people die, they die, whatever. So uh, basically everyone gets out except one guy sacrifices himself, pushes some guy to save him, mm-hmm. and uh, gets fucking murked. Thanks a lot, Pike. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, Pike says, uh, if the Gorn want aboard the ship, they're going to have to fight and sends everyone to their battle stations. So uh, is this the part where somebody says, "Why is that blip so much bigger?" That is correct. The, yeah, I was I kind hate, of avoiding that. So, th- I hated so, this so line. three three ships show up on their mm-hmm. sensors out, right outside of the gas cloud. It's two small ones and a big one, and someone says, "Why is that one ship so much bigger?" Of like, course, I, I think it was Ortega, who's a Helms person, who's who knows how to read sensors. It means it's a bigger ship. You dumb piece of shit. Yeah, she would. She, in, if she was real, she would say something more like, "Oh shit, that's a big one, yeah. right?" Like, or that ship is reading, or there's a ship on our sensors that reads as gigantic, mm-hmm. ass huge. Yeah, right. Or like, or, or just, or what just, if she just pointed at it and went, "That's one huge bitch." Or like, I don't think we can take that whole thing. <laughs> uh. I think you got your Star Trek confused. No, I don't. All um, right. So we're we're moving on. Um, so uh, the Gorn ship uh, is is nearing them, but then you'll know what it fucking implodes. They were right. The fucking Enterprise held up, and the Gorn ships didn't. Yeah. So we go back to Med Bay, and uh, Nurse Chapel is uh, finishing stuff up, and uh, she's tasked with uh, fixing another one of Number One's big wounds because. Uh, yeah. Uh, number one's all f- kind of fucked up now. Yeah, so she's got some shrapnels like in in a very bad position, and because they're doing like traditional surgery on her, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have to use a bunch of blood plasma on you because it's you're gonna the, bleed a lot. Because you're gonna bleed a lot, mm-hmm. and that's the last blood pa- plasma that we have. Yeah. And then right at that very moment, there's somebody right next to her that's like, "Oh, that like needs blood plasma." And, and, and one, a uh, number one's like, "Give her the fucking plasma," and they're like. 
but but you're gonna bleed a lot. She's fine, and they're like, she's like, that's an order. Yeah, um, the conflict there being that like because medical systems are down, her choice is either get this life saving surgery immediately or wait in the hopes that you know that how, medical systems come online quicker. Now, now, how is it that human plasma works just perfectly on an Alarian? No, uh, that's well, they can change their DNA. They can so, change their DNA, but not like at will. They do it with like fucking like chemicals and shit. Maybe she has changed her DNA to be able to accept human blood. Interesting. Well, I mean, last episode she was definitively Alarian, and they they like scanned that on the medical tests. Yeah, I don't know. So number one says, "Miss me with that shit. I don't want the plasma. Give it to someone else." Yeah. Uh, so we go back to the bridge, and um, they're they're kind of on the precipice of the black hole. And uh, fucking Spock says the black hole is accumulating subspace material. And Leanne says, uh, "Do you ever speak in plain English?" This is the part I hated the most. In this yeah, episode. yeah, you're probably right. This one is real bad. Th- that was just unnecessary. Yeah, because not a good... I mean. She she is a Starfleet officer. She knows what the f- I knew what the fuck that meant. Yeah, I knew basically what he was talking knew about. What that meant. Um. Yeah, but it was like it was just like a a comedic Chekhov's gun, so they could use this as a comic motif later, and it was stupid as fuck. Hated it. Oh yeah. Yep, Make sure to- yep, yeah. 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 Um. So. Um. He he basically says. Uh. Well, so we're we're getting near the edge of the black hole, and we could basically be sucked in. And Pike's like, "Wait, can oh, we? Yeah. Can you slingshot us around this black hole? Basically, use the event horizon as like a a gravity slingshot." And Spock's like, "That's theoretically possible. No one's ever done it before. I mean, we're talking about a fucking black hole here, um, and our ship's already goddamn wrecked." Yeah, ship is getting pretty wrecked. There's yeah, like right? sparks everywhere, as you know, mm-hmm. like smoke coming out of stuff. Like it's all fucked up. Ship's fucked up. Yeah. Um. So, like, Spock's like, yeah. Um. But the Gorn could still follow us, and so, uh, Pike's like, uh, okay. So here's an idea. How about you lead the Gorn into the black hole using a shuttle? Because they're going to think mm-hmm. that's our ship. Yeah. And then we'll go ahead and use the redshift of being in the event horizon to not be seen by the Gorn at all. Which actually makes sense to me. Yep. I mean, in a, in a scientific sense, that kind of that's not complete bullshit, I don't think. It's not complete nonsense. Yeah, which I was like, what? This is like some someone, someone who wrote this actually might have read like a brief history of time at least. And seemed to care somewhat about yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Um, especially from the writer of Supernatural and one from, what was the other one? The Witcher. The Witcher. I mean, The Witcher's really well written. Witcher so. sucks. The Witcher's really well written, so that's cool. Um, uh, so, we go... Um, into the shuttle, which is named the Galileo, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, Leanne and uh, Tupac are in, in trying to lead the Gorn into the black hole. Yeah. And um, fucking Spock's uh, 
Lynn is like, hey, there's like stuff I don't remember. I need to like get a full picture of this so we can finally defeat the Gorn. Yeah. And uh, Spock's like, all right, you want to fucking do a mind meld and shit? And she's like, mind meld the shit out of me, baby. So Yeah, so then Spock gets to go back into her brain and see like the Gorn birthing planet. My mind to your mind. My thoughts to your thoughts. And then they do all the, you know, the mind meldy shit where you get to experience what that person got to experience. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, and so uh, he goes into her mind and uh, they are on a, a Gorn breeding planet. Mm-hmm. Um, her mind is resisting because she's scared, but she chooses to persist. She says she needs to know what's going on. So she's on this breeding planet and she's with some dude um, who she soon reveals is her brother and is the person who she keeps seeing in visions on the ship and shit. Yeah. Um, and her brother sacrificed himself so that she could escape the Gorn. Yeah, so they run into a cave, and uh, she apologizes for not being quiet. Obviously, she got him fucking figured out. He gives her a booklet and tells her that she needs it uh, to defeat the Gorn, and the light is how they communicate. He's then captured by the Gorn, and it's revealed the guy's her brother. Mm-hmm. So um, this goes back to the shuttle, and actually this is, I think, my least favorite part of the, the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they they play a clip of uh you know a uh, fucking Lan and her her brother and her being like oh I love you goodbye or whatever and then they play a clip of Spock's sister Michael Burnham saying I love you too brother yeah okay. and I I yeah. I hated that callback to Discovery I think they should just forget about Discovery in Strange New Worlds because there's nothing good to come of that to be honest. Mm-hmm. There's n- not going to be any good callbacks or anything to where like fans are like, oh boy, more of this content. Like, I mean, there are people I'm sure who like Star Trek Discovery and Strange New Worlds, but yeah, for me, every time they bring up Discovery, I'm like, don't, uh, don't let's forget all of yeah, that. Yeah, I don't want to remember what you did with this with this fucking IP up until now. Yeah. So Spock gets uncomfortable because he remembers Michael and he ends the mind melt. Um, Lan tells him that, uh, through light that humans took over one of the, oh, sorry. So Lan uses, um, the fucking booklet and like what her brother taught her brother taught her to use light to communicate with the Gorn. Well, so here's another (coughs) thing. Here's another thing, right? So like in the mind meld, she's able to like see this memory of her brother showing her this booklet. This is not a physical booklet that she has in real life. No, she She's just, just like, remembers remembers it. seeing a page from it, and then can now communicate perfectly with the Gorn. Well, she using yeah. a light. Well, I mean, she remembered everything that she was taught back then through the mind meld. I mean, mind melds like can bring up like your full memory, basically. Sure. And so that makes sense in the context of a Vulcan mind meld and what we've been led to believe before. So you, she tells she tells one of the Gorn ships. That humans have taken control of one of mm-hmm. the other Gorn ships, and then they blow it up. Yeah, but so there's still one Gorn ship left here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that they need to lead in the black hole. Um, so Ahura, we go back to the uh, cargo bay, and uh, Ahura asks if Hemmer's people are pacifist. And he says that he won't fight for Starfleet or the Federation, but he will fight for his own ideals. Mm-hmm. Which So, like, here's another thing. Starfleet's primary 
purpose is exploration. So there's no conflict in like a pacifist serving on especially as an engineer as an engineer as an engineer he's not part of command he's not going to order anyone to i mean he's he's probably like fifth in charge of the ship so he might have to order an attack if everyone else dies but like they could play with that in an interesting episode they could yeah here's a character who's a pacifist actually that's actually a great idea make a choice that could be a great up yeah because like say everyone else is like stranded on a planet on the away team and the ship's getting attacked, and he has to decide, do I blow up the ship and save everyone on our ship, or, you know, that's a great, great point. Yeah, that would be that would I mean, be the good. correct path would be to secede command and have somebody else do it. Exactly, yeah. But, mm. you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? Indeed. Um, so, <sighs> uh, everything is totally fucked in the cargo bay. And Hammer says that they need to vent everything in the cargo bay into space, including them within the next 20 minutes or the entire ship, the entire Enterprise A is going to fucking blow. It's because of the thing that Uhura and Hammer are working on. They didn't fix it fast enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this point, something uh, begins to like hit the ship and it's like energy from the brown dwarf, basically. And so Pike is like, holy fuck, we need to do this now. We need to slingshot around a black hole, use this redshift to blur, uh, be hidden from the Gorn, and, uh, you know, drop a fucking, drop a the fucking ship from the refugees as a decoy. And they'll think that's, you know, they'll follow the fucking... Or they're uh, gonna see the explosion and think that we blew up. Exactly. They're they're, they're they're gonna follow the transport ship into the black hole, and either they're gonna get destroyed, or they're gonna see that what they think was us was destroyed, and they'll just go away. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a little convoluted compared to the rest of the blowing up other ships here, but it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So here here's another sticking point that I had. Mm-hmm. They have to vent the cargo bay, right? And so, like, Uhura and Hammer make this big show of, like, strapping themselves in. Not not quite yet. So, uh, we go back to the cargo bay, and um, they're fucking Hammer and Uhura are talking, and uh, Hammer says that the Enar believe you only die when you have fulfilled your purpose. And he says, my purpose is to fix things, so I can die at any time. And Uhura says, I don't know what my purpose is, so does that mean it's not my time to die? Mm-hmm. Which was actually some pretty good dialogue. I liked what they did with that. That was pretty cool. So go back to the bridge, uh, and they're gearing up to go around the black hole. And they say, if this works, this is going to be called the Pike Maneuver. Uh huh. Um, which is something that they do discuss in later Trek. And I'm glad that they actually, you know, give some backstory. It was fan service that totally made sense to me here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pike gives a rousing speech to the entire bridge crew and tells everyone basically. Buckle the fuck up. Uh, I don't know if this is going to work. We might die. Whatever. Let's do this. It's another speech, though, that really relies on, like, I believe it's going to work because I believe it's going to work, which, eh, in the context of the episode, not not the strongest. Yeah, especially after, like, basically their their ship has been mostly destroyed at this point. Yeah. Um, So they do complete the slingshot, uh, and uh, while they're doing it, they have to vent the hold. Which, um, at this point, uh, Hemmer and Ahura have uh, gotten on spacesuits and strapped themselves into the hold, and they're held onto the cargo hold basically by, like, 
a fucking uh, carabiner, like, a carabiner, and like a, a bungee cord. Yeah. Um, so this is another sticking point, right? Like this, the, yeah, it, the, it, it, strap- ripped, it ripped out things that were like thousands of pounds. Okay, so it's not even that that bothered me. What bothered me mm-hmm. was that like to vent the cargo bay takes like seconds, but they leave the cargo bay open for like a super long time, and yeah. they're just like holding on and like blowing around and it gets all dramatic and yeah i mean it was it was for the drama it was kind of dumb and it's like oh is the carabiner gonna hold oh it's it's almost stripping out oh what's gonna happen but they could have just closed it they like they didn't have to leave it open you yeah. well that's why funny. so <laughs> the uh the decoy ship blows up and the gorn fly away uh and then we see the Enterprise emerged from the black holes of uh, Horizon. It is, you know, it is successful in what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Pike puts the main cargo bay on the screen. And uh, although it's really fuzzy, eventually a her is like, hey, we're both still alive. God mm-hmm. damn it. Um, yeah, that was, that was great. So we go back to the med bay. Uh, number one wakes up and uh, Lou Bega <laughs> is giving her plasma. Little bit of plasma in your <laughs> vines. Arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yep. Um, we go back to Pike and Laanne, and uh, Laanne tells Pike that they survived. End of show. End of show. End of show. Yeah, it's uh, this was an all right episode. This is the strongest episode this was, of the show so I'd far. I'd say I'd say more than all right. I'd say this was pretty good. Like like this would be a solid seven and a half, eight out of ten for me as far as a Star Trek episode goes. I. I liked it. It was solid. I thought I it was pretty it. good too. I might rewatch it. I might yeah. just in, just to experience it again, just so you know, take a look at it. And like, okay, here's the thing: me mm-hmm. picking at it, it's not because I didn't like it. I did enjoy this episode. I, actually, like much more so it's than a, it's any others. Good. We're critics. But, we criticize things. But you know, I I think that like there are still some things that could be ironed out here. There's some still questionable decision making, although the decision making present in this episode is stronger mm-hmm. than previous episodes, mm-hmm. and so I will give it that credit. And it looked really nice. It, it really did. It, it looks beautiful. This, this episode beautiful. really looked nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything so. everything basically made sense to me. There was a couple cringy lines, um, like. Oh, and I, I totally forgot. Uh, fucking Spock. Oh, Spock's Spock line, Spock yeah. brings back that that fucking line. He's like speaking plain English. Yeah. What does he say? I don't. I don't. He's like in plain English, something, something. And I'm like, shut the fuck. Yeah, because he did it in the, the last episode he did. too, where the... he's where he's like, sometimes things just go so bad, you just have to laugh. Ha. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. dumb. That was pretty. Don't. Dumb do that so yeah don't don't make don't make him soy spock to to spock tupac soy spock whatever uh two vicks two vi- yes uh, spoovix two, oh two... I, i'd be into spoovix splugix uh splugix and uh klingon two dicks oh yeah okay. splugix and two dicks sure why not um yeah. yeah so that that was that was that episode not that not was so that bad. episode not so you know what I think it's time for? What? I think it's time for Klingon Word, Word of, of the, the Day! Day. <laughs> 
Today's Klingon word of the day is kahul, which means, which is, an, which is an exclamation. It is something that you say in response to some sort of stimuli, right? Um, in this case, kahul means no, I won't, I refuse, or don't, won't. So, you know, the next time uh, someone asks you to show you or show them your penis, and you don't want to, you can simply say, Kahul! Hey, Spencer, do you want to watch uh, some Lower Decks? Kahul! Agreed. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. We're going to talk about some original series Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Star Trek Original, Star Trek Original, we're watching Star Trek Original, Star Trek Original, Star Trek Original, TOS Series Original. Star Trek Original. Hell yeah, baby. Here we are. Oh, man. Okay, so as mentioned before, we watch two episodes of Star Trek per week. The mm -hmm. first episode, uh, or potentially both episodes, are going to be new Trek. If there's P new Potentially Trek no episodes. Potentially no episodes if there's no new Trek to watch. So we're going to watch a new Trek episode, and then if there's no other new Trek episode to watch, we're going to use a random number generator mm -hmm. to pick a random episode of Star Trek from the entire televised run mm -hmm. to watch. This week, our number generated was 72, mm -hmm. which is Star Trek, the original series, season three, episode 16, The Mark of Gideon. Uh, released on January 17th, 1969. Uh, nice. Written by George F. Slavin, who is a character actor on Star Trek, and Stanley Adams, who is also a character actor on Star Trek, who played none other than the Tribble salesman from Trouble with Tribbles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. Also wow. directed by uh, Judd Taylor, who was just basically a television director and occasional actor. Right. Got it. Yeah. So this episode is slowly paced, uh, but we'll try to get a, get through it. As original series often is. Yes, yes. Um, I would say that not a ton happens in this episode, but things do happen, some things. Um, the episode opens with the Starship Enterprise orbiting the planet of Gideon mm -hmm. due to like some kind of agreement that the planet of Gideon has with Starfleet. They, can, they are forbidden from scanning the planet. They cannot surveil it in any way, mm -hmm. and they can't beam down to the planet without permission. Correct. Uh, during the original, the the intro, um, they're communicating with the, the dudes on Gideon, mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, we, we agree to let you send an emissary down, right? Uh, but the only emissary they will allow, and they, they ask for him by name, is Captain Kirk. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so Captain Kirk's like, all right, beam me down. Mm -hmm. um, so they beam him down, and he just shows up on the Enterprise. What mm -hmm. the fuck? He's, he beams and he shows up on the Enterprise. He's oh, Transporter bay right back to the transporter bay. Exactly. And so he starts walking around, looking around. And he's like, where is everybody? But everyone is gone. He fucking uh, tries to call Spock and he's like, hey, Mr. Spock, uh, you sent me right back to the Enterprise. Why did you leave your station before your job was finished? Yeah. Spock doesn't answer. No one answers. He no walks answers. around trying to figure things out. He goes into uh, onto the bridge. He looks at the, the view screen on the bridge, and they're still orbiting Gideon. Mm -hmm. Weird. Yeah. Boom. Intro credits. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're into it. We're into the thick of it. We're oh, set yeah. up. We don't know what's going on with Kirk. After the intro credits, we cut to Spock. Spock is the commander of the ship currently. Um, he is talking to the Gideons, and the, he's like, hey, we sent Kirk down. Did y'all get him? 
y'all get my boy? Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we got no record of your boy. Like, we right. don't have your boy. Mm-hmm. We've never seen your boy. They're like, nah, no, no, no. Spock's like, well, you know, we, we got to search for our fucking captain. You got to let mm-hmm. us down. You got to let us come down. Uh, one thing uh, you forgot to mention there, um, before credits, uh, Kirk monologues and says that the whole crew has disappeared from the ship and he's also suffered a memory lapse and his arm is very bruised for some reason. Ah, uh, yes. Which com- comes into play later. It's a Chekhov's, Chekhov's arm, really. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, like, Gideon's are like, nah, dude, you can't come down and search the planet. We will search the planet for you. We will look for your captain. We'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So Spock is like, well, fuck, we're going to do what, what we can do. So Uhura, you got to contact Starfleet and get us the ability to scan this planet. Get us the ability to beam down there. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Talk to the bureaucrats. Even if we have to break the rules a little bit, talk to the di- diplomats, the bureaucrats. Yeah, talk to them. We got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, everybody else starts scanning space. And they're like, scan yeah. space? Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, Chekhov is like, scanning space? That's going to take like a year. And he's like... We- Get, better get started, asshole. Yeah, he's like, just, fucking do it. All right. <laughs> so we cut back to Kirk. He's wandering around the empty Enterprise, mm-hmm. and he sees a babe. Space babe. So he sees a space babe, and he's like, hi, hello, who are you? And she's like, I'm this girl or whatever. A, I don't... Adonna. Adonna, right, Adana. Like, like Madonna, but no M. Yeah. Um, And she's dressed like she's like an... Uh, She's just like an extra from I Dream, I Dream of Genie. Oh yeah, her her like, costume is terrible. Really bad. Terrible. Looks very dumb. Sequin is fuck. Sequin is fuck. Uh so he starts talking to her. She's like, "Where who are you? You're from Gideon?" She's like, "I don't know what the fuck Gideon is. I just was really I was in this place and then I was here. I I don't know." He's like, "Okay, okay. Seems like they're both so it it starts to seem like they're both stuck there uh, against their will." Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to the the Enterprise proper. Yep. And Uhura is stuck in space bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. She can't get anything done. Yep. Um, Kurt, well, meanwhile, Kirk and the babe are wandering the ship together. Ooh, can I give a quote there? So yeah. um, uh, Uhura says, the uh, Bureau of Planetary Treaties and Federation keep telling them to refer to one another when it comes to the rules. And mm-hmm. Spock says, what I think was a great, a really well-written line. He says, diplomats and bureaucrats may function differently, but they achieve the exact same results. And I mm. was like, that's some wisdom fucking, that, that's, that's snappy. I like that. That's good writing. Yeah. Yeah. So Gideon's tells Spock, hey, we can't find your homie. Mm-hmm. We have no evidence that he was here. We searched really well. You're going to have to take our word for it. It's great. Mm. Spock is like, nah, he's, dude. He's pissed. You gotta let me search for mm-hmm. my boy. And they're like, we ain't gonna let you search for your boy. And this goes back and forth for literally like ten minutes. Yeah, and, and, so and long. then the counselor, like, a big thing is like, maybe you should learn to be more diplomatic, Spock. And Spock is like, maybe I should. God damn it, motherfucker! Like, it's yeah, yeah. And so there's it's this really long, protracted like back and forth. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, though, like the the. Gideon guy is like, all right, fine. You can beam somebody from our uh, from our planet up to your ship to prove that the the transporter works, and then we'll let you boom. Uh, then we'll let you beam down. So, so the uh, the counselor from Gideon, his name is uh, Hoden, by the way. Hoden. Oh yeah, yeah. So we got Adana, Hoden, Hoden. Adana, and Hoden. Hoden this dick. Hell yeah, yeah. Um. So they're like, okay, f- 
fine. So they beam the dude up mm-hmm. to to the Enterprise. And then they're like, oh, actually, you can't. Yeah, you can't beam down. We're not going to let you beam down. We and, said, and, I, I overstepped my privileges. Yeah, and then Spock's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. They're like, beam the motherfucker back down. Like, fuck these guys. What the fuck is going on? They're pissed. Everybody's pissed. Cut back to Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk is trying to contact, uh, contact Starfleet. He can't. He can't do anything. Nothing is working. The girl starts telling him about how she's always dreamed of being alone because mm-hmm. where she comes from, it's like very crowded. There's people everywhere. And she's never really been alone. And that's been her dream for like forever. But But we get the general impression, her real dream in this moment is to fuck Captain Kirk. Oh yeah, and we'll get to that. Oh, but like, oh we will in so just a second. She, she's still, she's laying it on thick though. She's this still whole like, scene. she's still like, I don't know what Gideon is. Like, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, surely you're from Gideon, though. We're in orbit of over your planet. Like, come on. And then they start making out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like making out, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of heads show up in the screens behind them. And they don't notice, but there's those heads are the green, green heads, green heads, a whole bunch of green heads instead of the stars. Like, so it's obvious they're being like looked in at um, mm-hmm. by by like a, a crowd, like mm-hmm. a zoo. And so, but but they don't or notice a because, Zoom call gone wrong. Oh yeah, but they they don't notice because they are so fucking horny that mm-hmm. they need to get right to fucking Captain Kirk's quarters. Fucking cut to commercials, mm-hmm. and immediately the first scene when we come back. Mm-hmm. Is is fucking Adana and Kirk walking out of Kirk's quarters together, holding hands, nah. which is just like the best way to say, yeah, they definitely fucked. Yeah, they definitely they fucked. definitely space fucked. Definitely space fucked. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the Gideons come in. Well, it, it becomes pretty apparent that the Gideons are watching Kirk and this girl interact. Right? Mm-hmm. Turns out she's like sick or something, and then the Gideons show up and they're like, hey. We're taking her away. She's sick. Mm-hmm. And Kirk's like, what the fuck? Well, let me try to help her or whatnot. And they're like, no, you're the reason she's sick. And he's like, what the fuck? Wait, what is going on? And the Gideons are like questioning the girl. They're questioning mm-hmm. Kirk. And also a little bit before this, uh, right before they uh, they fucked, um, uh, Adana revealed that Gideon is a planet that's so filled with people that they would die to be alone. Yeah, so well, this is before we know for sure that it's Gideon that she's talking about, but yes. Right, 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 but, uh, and, and then she um, she says, maybe I was, like, sent here to die, mm-hmm. and then they fuck, and which they is fuck. A really pretty, I mean, if, if someone said that to me, I'd probably fuck. So as it turns <laughs> out, Kirk had meningitis at some point in his past, and it almost killed him, mm-hmm. and the Gideons have stolen the meningitis from his blood and used it to infect the girl to see if she would die. Was it really his blood or was it his semen, Spencer? Probably his, I think I think he pumped, pumped her full of meningitis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to boldly go where no meningitis has gone before. I, yes. Yes. Um, yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> Uh, so they, they took the meningitis from Captain Kirk's blood to infect the girl to see if it would work. And it turns out the girl is the daughter of the main guy. Hoden, Hoden. Adana is Hoden's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, he's Hoden, that that girl, 
full Hostage of meningitis. With, with meningitis. Yeah. And so he's like, she is my own daughter, and I gave her the meningitis to kill her because we need to solve our overpopulation problem, and we're going to use your human disease to do it. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk's like, what the fuck? Don't do this shit. That's really dumb. So then they start explaining their whole belief system, which, is, as it turns out, they're pro-lifers. They're like, we believe that all fetuses are life, and we don't use condoms. Yeah. And Kirk's like, why? They, they just... didn't say that. They just said all life is sacred, but that is a dog whistle. We all know exactly what that means. Yeah. We yeah. all know exactly what that means. No, they specifically mentioned fe- fetuses. Oh, did they? They did. That's gross. And then, like, Kirk is like, well, if you're overpopulated, why don't you just, like, use birth control and stuff like that and they're like that's when they're like no we can't do that right like, we don't believe in that and then kirk's like well what the fuck just wrap it wrap it you dummy hoden's like i can't feel anything if i use a condom <laughs> and kirk's like dog check check these out they're called skin right mm-hmm. they're they're fucking like s-k-y-n they are the best like damn dude like in the future they gotta have skins right come on Come on. So, anyways, then it cuts to, like, the girl is, like, dying. Mm-hmm. And Kirk's, like, talking to her. And, he, and then... A, a Donna, more like a die. Uh, yeah. Princess die on Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, she's, like, in, she's, like, dying. She's, like, kind of into dying or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Then it cuts to Spock. And he's... He, they, so, Spock went against the rules and beamed himself down to mm-hmm. the the fake enterprise and he's exploring it, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, looking for captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. But he, he kind of soon figures out that it's like, he's just on an, an exact replica of the enterprise. And so he starts talking to the enterprise with mm-hmm. the communicator. He's like, look, I'm in this replica of the enterprise. It's on Gideon and it's fucked up. I'm looking for Kirk. And so, and so here's, here's the most soy part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Ahura asks, uh, wait, the enterprise, is it in orbit? And Spock says, in a matter of speaking, Gideon is in orbit, and the ship is on Gideon, so yes. And I'm like, shut yeah, the that, fuck that up. Sucked. That shut sucked. up, Spock. That, that was a good, I, I guess a good point to make, though, that like Star Trek has always had cringe. Yeah, Star there's Trek always, has always had always bad writing here cringe. and there. Yeah. I mean, the first season of fucking TNG is some of the most cringe you'll ever encounter. Extreme it's yeah, cringe. but I mean, it's still one of the best series, start sci-fi series of all time. So sure, know. sure. I don't even know. So Spock finds girl and Adon- Kirk. Adonna. <laughs> he finds girl and he finds Kirk, and he's like, "We're getting the fuck out of here." And then Hoden's like, "Oh, oh, but no!" And then they're like, "Fuck you, bro!" And then they leave. Yeah. Um. Then oh, it- oh, and actually, Spock has actually a pretty sick line here. He's like, uh. I suggest you don't interfere. I uh, already have at least one major conflict with higher ups I need to deal with, and then they bounce. Yeah, which was, uh, that was a good, which line. was a pretty cool I, I fucking phaser line. drop right it was, there. It was pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, Bones heals the girl. She gets boned, and hell yeah, we love it. Uh, well, she already got boned. But oh, she yeah. get bones gets bones bones her again. Yeah, and heals her. But now she's like angry at herself for deceiving Kirk. Yeah, she's angry at herself for deceiving Kirk. They have a conversation about it. Kirk's like, well, I'm going to beam you to the planet, though, so bye. Mm. And then he beams her to the planet. Well, but no, she she says she needs to go back to the planet because they offer to take her. Yeah. But she's like, hey, uh, Gideon needs the serum in my blood to, like, you know, 
to fucking survive or kill everyone off or whatever they're trying to do here. Yeah, I think they're trying to save people from the dudes who have the plan to kill everybody off or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he beams her to the planet. Oh, but right before she goes, uh, she says, as crowded as my planet is, I could wish it to hold one more person. <laughs> Talking about Kirk, because she wants that dick forever. Yeah, she wants that dick down she on that, that planet. That fucking space dick forever. Dick Does down. no one on fucking Gideon know how to fuck? Is that what overpopulation does? Probably. God, that sucks, dude. Yeah. That fucking sucks, man. Not a lot of privacy to learn to fuck. I guess so. You know, it's always performative. Mm-hmm. Um, beams are down to the planet. Credits the roll. Credits roll. Bye bye, bitch. Yeah. Nice seeing you. One night stand. That episode was okay. It was fine. It was slow. It was a little boring. Yeah. There, there wasn't a ton of cringe. It, it was just it, slow. Yeah, it was just really slow. Like Which it, TOS is. It had a good idea. See, that's, just that's the part that's a bummer. Like, I feel like like for what content there, there was, like it could have been a tight like 30-minute episode, like, but it was a 50-minute ser- episode. Spencer, tell me about one piece of media from 1969 you think has great pacing and is tight. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know of that, anything. That, that's the thing. It's like, you know. Oh, uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is from, I think, a couple years earlier, and I would argue that that has good pacing. I thought it was from the 80s. Is it really? I, I thought it was so. from the 60s. I think it's from the early 80s. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I just assumed so because it felt so old-timey. You know? Uh, yeah. It is from 69. Actually, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, really? I mean, the end is fine. I don't love that film, though. I like it. I think it's all right. It's anachronistic. I always think of Tango and Cash, because Tango and Cash is, like, based directly on that. More like Tango and Thrash. Yeah, and Tango and Cash rules. Mm. Um... Butch Cassidy and Sundance is fine. Eh, it's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's great films from that era, but they are not tight. Like, uh, you know, like the 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 Man with No Name series from Sergio Leone is brilliant. It's not tight though. There's so many blank, boring, arid spaces in there, like the desert, which you you know makes sense. And space, one would argue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I think it's time for some subspace transmissions, my friend. I think it is. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Oh my God! This is the part of the show where we look at you know comments. What the what the people are talking about? What the Treksters, the Trekkers, the Trekkies? What all the Trek people are talking about? And this time we're going to Facebook, my friend. Oh boy. I know, right? So, first thread that we're going to see some comments from was a thread talking about the the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery. And if you are not familiar, Star Trek Discovery redesigned the Klingons in 2017. Yep. Much to the chagrin of a lot of fans. Uh, that being said, Todd Fiquet starts things off by saying, quote, Only thing... Oh, sorry. One thing about disco, they did the Klingons right. They made the Klingons into fucking like orcs from yeah from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they made them yeah into orcs basically. Yeah, no, no thanks. Which is whack. Chad Beckstead says modern Trek Klingons 
They look like TNG era Klingons. Are you talking about the clothes? I have no fucking idea what this dude is talking about. I know. About. Wait, where, where, what, what, I'm so confused. So this, this was literally just like in the thread. He's like, confused. the thread about what? About modern Trek Klingons. So like the, the Klingons in Discovery. All right. Yeah. So this dude apparently sees no difference between the Discovery Klingons and the okay. rest of the Klingons. So, yeah, that, okay. That guy's watched a lot of Trek. Whatever. Lauren Rain says, I loved Worf. Don't think they should have changed the look. The Klingons were sexy. And then Michelle Lynn responds, It's the forehead for me. I wish we had a cum corner for I some know, space right? They're horny yeah, for they're so horny, horny for Klingons. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah. I like seeing people be horny for Klingons. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Bring on the Klingons, baby. Hey. David Slocum says, Oh, great. Just what we need. Another gatekeeper. There's never a drone around when you need one. Is he talking about doing like a drone attack on her? I'm pretty sure, yes. What the fuck? Dude, so this is one thing that's been really enjoyable for me is like looking at like online discourse for a subculture or like like fans of, of, of something that are fucking mean to each other. Like people are absolute assholes to each other in, in like Star Trek uh, like Facebook discussions. It's like it's fucking crazy. If you don't agree with someone, be like, eh, I don't feel it. It's or like, just don't respond. Yeah, or like, or, or like, ma- I mean, if someone needs making fun of, make fun of them. Like, yeah. not their ideas. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on, learn For how real. to learn how to fucking troll correctly, doofus. Agreed. Speaking of trolling, James Bemis Jr. says. Finally, a post we have all been waiting for. A disgruntled incel edgelord shitting his miasma <laughs> in a Facebook fan group. I feel our lives are now complete seeing your feces you've wiped off your post Taco <laughs> Be- Bell meal ass and decided to let us all see the post Mexican pizza you ingested. Bravo! Oh, bravo! <laughs> I, I, and a bunch I, of clap emojis. I don't hate this. This is kind of a fun one. Oh, yeah. Pretty <laughs> good. Pretty good. Les Mis. Uh, so, yeah, James Bemis Jr., thanks for that. Oh, um, he's got a Bemis Jr., all right. So, another response to people thinking they're being trolled by people saying Star Trek is bad. Uh, Brian Biznick, or Bizick says... Nope! Damn him! Damn him to an eternity in the netherworld forever to gnash teeth and listen to Enya! That is my heaven. I'll, yeah, I know, I'll right? I, I'd gnash fucking... teeth and listen to Enya. Yeah, dude. That, Fuck like, yeah. That sounds like a fucking circle pit to Enya for eternity. Bro, that sounds like That that's sounds tight. sick, right? Circle pit to Enya for eternity. That's yeah. that's the future I want. That's the hall that I want to go to. My oh, Valhalla. Yeah. Yes. Um, Doug Warngini <laughs> says, Wargny? yeah, whatever, Wargny. says, uh, this is about, uh, Star Trek Picard, um, and seasons one and two. So this is a discussion of Star Trek Picard season two. Um, <laughs> he says, better than season one for sure, but both are great. Just to have Picard back on the screen is gold. True fans would not be so critical and just be happy to have the choice of watching. True fans. You know, in this... We're not true fans. In in this case, I believe I'm actually not (laughs) pro-choice. You're you're (laughs) false, Brit. 
totally. False fan. Yeah. False fan. Speaking of false fans, Suli F.T. Evoli. That's a fucking Klingon name if I know. Definitely. Yeah. Says, the shared love of Star Trek of the many tolerates the small bickering descent of the few or the one. You can have your own opinion, buddy. Go tell those few to go and scratch their chins with a phaser. What is? I really like the, the expression "scratch your chin with a phaser." I do kind of like That's that one. Pretty too. good. Yeah. I, like like a it, dumb sentiment for sure, but a solid a it, solid uh, insult. It for has sure. been established in Star Trek canon that you can commit suicide with a phaser. That rocks. Uh, fucking uh, O'Brien almost does it on one episode. When right. he's like losing his mind, he disengages the safety. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, fucking Bashir comes up on him in the cargo bay, and he's like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" and talks him out of it, which is a great episode. I love that episode. There's so many good episodes. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Seddon says, "I thought season two was Shelly Electrics at Outlook.com. Amazing. <laughs> Wheel better than season one." <laughs> Okay, Spencer, <laughs> let's email Shelly Electrics at Outlook.com and talk about Star Trek. Dude, so let's just, we, let's just, okay, let's make a thing. Let's like get ourselves fucking blocked from their email and keep emailing them under different things. And every like week, we just send them a different Star Trek opinion that we know they'll hate. <laughs> yeah. So I, obviously, this dude has like a keyboard shortcut for his email and like, punch that into the middle of his comment somehow, which is funny. I love, love this so it. much. Dude, like, seriously, <laughs> let, like, please send that to me. So I, I will I will message him about how much Star Trek Picard season two sucks every single week. That, that rocks, bro. Every single week. I appreciate you. It's going to be uh, amazing. Let's read the comment again, but I want you to read the email address, okay? okay? Yeah. I thought season two was... Shelly Electric at Outlook.com. Amazing! We all better than season one? Beautiful. <laughs> so good. Uh, moving on. John James says, Strange New World is it's good. good. Yeah, it's not bad. Right. Yeah, I'd say Strange New World is all right. Yeah, so far as new Trek goes, I'd say it is good. As far as Trek on the whole, eh, average Trek. It is average. It's yes. an average Trek. Uh, so I'm going to show you the start of a thread, and then we're going to talk, talk about some comments <laughs> in it. So Gary Trenounden <laughs> says, uh, announces to the Star Trek Picard Paramount Plus uh, Facebook group, S2 of Picard is now my all-time favorite season of Trek ever. And, and that, that ending! <laughs> so then we have this response. Ralph Clark says, so Ralph Clark posts a picture of all of the laugh reacts Mm. to that guy's post. And he says, so it's a screenshot of all the laugh reacts to that guy's post. And he says, here's a few who thinks it's funny when someone else enjoyed Star Trek Picard. Sad. You know what? I agree with you, Ralph. I would use a sad emoji instead of the laugh emoji because <laughs> I think it's sad that people enjoy Star Trek Picard season two. I would agree. Um, so there's a response to this guy's comment that is truly fucking unhinged. Mm-hmm. This dude responds and says, great blocking thread. One of the few bubbles I create for myself. Block the haters and create a good echo chamber in this group. 
so much better since I started doing this. Dude, that's fucking unhinged. Like, what the fuck? Like, you need people to tell you New Trek is good because a lot of people think it's bad. And you will literally block anyone who does not like new Star Trek? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Bro, that's unhinged. Like, you need to cool it. Like, I don't care that people like New Trek. Like, I'm not even out there, like, telling them they're dumb. I'm just no. like, that's it's like, funny that you like that. And that's yeah, kind of no, dumb. No, but sad. Like, sad. Remember, it's sad, not funny. But also, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know, man. Like if some if there's something that I really like, let's let's pick something that I really like. I don't know. I really like the uh, the British sitcom uh, Peep Show. It's one of my favorite shows of all time, mm-hmm. and I really like it. And if somebody was to like rant at me that they think it sucks, I'd be like, "All right, man, that's chill. Whatever. Like, I don't care." Or like point like, out that uh, David Webb is a transphobe. I haven't I haven't heard that. He is. I haven't heard that. He is. I'll, I'll happily look yeah. into that. Um. So, Joseph Segovia gives it three thumbs down in a comment, and Jim Moyer responds. Mm-hmm. Jim Moyer, also the name of somebody that we read Buckethead comments from. I, I, I would love to believe it's the same I person. I want That'd to be believe it is the same person. Give that me would be Moyer. incredible. Um, so, he says, Wondering what disconnected you from the storyline. Too fleshed out emotionally and dramatically for you? Too filled out and developed of a storyline for you? Not enough conflict, war, and boom, boom? Or what? Just wondering because I thought it was a great addition to the Star Trek universe. We did literally two... What a fucking nerd. We did over two hours on this we have a great breakdown of why it fucking sucked and it was i mean part of it was it was too uh, emotionally and dramatically fleshed out but eh, i wouldn't say it's fleshed out I would oh say yeah too intentionally emotionally dramatic yeah it's it's yeah it's it's atten- intentionally uh emotionally and dramatic for no reason other than driving b plots that make no sense and have no impact whatsoever on the overarching pot- plot line yeah, pretty whack. Yeah. We hate to see it. Matt Rios Ooh, says... Captain Rios. Yeah. He's uh, back. Uh, oh, it, that's right. He stayed in 2024. So, okay. uh, yeah, of course. He's still here. He's yeah, around. Um, well, no, he wouldn't be around. He wasn't around yet. Not for two years. Not for two years. He's, um, he's, he, he went back further in time to catch the premiere of Rick and Morty and stayed. So this guy has a bad take, and he says, Okay, now y'all need to calm down in the other direction. IMO, the show is great. Is it a good procedural exploration drama? No, because it's a serial adventure drama. Does it feel like it was made in the 80s or for or 90s for sad boomers? No, because it's 2022 now and we have taste. <laughs> is it Star Trek? You bet your ass it is. Oh, okay. From the standoff with the Romulans in season one mm. to the big reveal bringing a storyline full circle at the end of season two. The story is told in classic Star Trek fashion. No, it's not. Don't judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. That is, don't use a fucking Einstein quote. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt, Matt Rios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty dumb. You're wrong, bro. Matt Rios. More like Matt Re. All right. Moving on. So uh, you're going to read the second comment, okay? Sure. Jacob Anthony Van Wye says, I think they made Agnes look so hideous as the Borg Queen. They could have shaped her head differently or something. Like, damn, she's a decent-looking person. (laughs) 
Uh, Jacob, just look at the tits then. <laughs> Jesus. So many stupid complaints. <laughs> yeah, that was Tim Walker with the comment about the tits. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, you hate to see it. Tim Walker, Texas stranger. <laughs> Texas stranger danger. Mm-hmm. More like. Uh, Jim Miller says, It was a great season, though I am really... Oh, sorry. It was a great season, though I am also really tired of the Soong lineage. Sorry, Mr. Spiner. Done with you. I agree with the second half I of the really, statement. I really, really agree with the second half Not of the statement. Not a great statement. season, but yeah, I am fucking no. done with Soong and Brent Spiner in general. Like, we've had too many Soongs. Too many Too many Soongs. Too many Soongs. Take them out. Take them out. Take them out. All right. We're getting the, near the end of this. Here's a thread that was started. Mm-hmm. William Meadows says, Anybody else like the New Guinean? She is really beautiful. I mean, okay, first, no. And yeah, she, she's hot. she's beautiful. She's a good-looking person. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Virgilio Pop responds, She's not Guinean. She is of Nigerian origin. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I just love that. It's really I, incredible that's, comment. That's so like, good. Truly underappreciated. I love really good. how this miscommunication is happening. This is great. And lastly, for subspace transmissions, but certainly not least, Tony Orman says, So much better than, than Whoppy! Whoppy. Like a Whoppy pie. So much better than Whoppy. So much better than Whoppy. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Look at that. Yeah. Looks like we're near the end of the show, huh? I think we we've got just one segment left. I think so. I think we have to uh, say goodbye to one of our fellow crew members. Will the away team was in a pinch and somebody had to die? But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Oh, yeah. Today, we remember Lieutenant Junior Grade Joe Tormolin, a science officer aboard the Enterprise A under Captain Kirk. The science officer was the member of an away team on the planet Psy 2000, where he contracted polywater intoxication. Oh, shit. That sounds bad. Mm. Upon returning to the Enterprise, Tormolin experienced severe depression and died after stabbing himself in the stomach with... A butter knife. I'm not kidding. Fuck, that's brutal, bro. The prop was a butter knife. That's fucked up. Rest in peace, Lieutenant Junior Grade Tormolin. And thanks for your sacrifice to the greater good, I guess. Wow, look at that. We did it. We did. Captain's Log Supplemental. It looks like that's all, and it's time for us to warp away. Thanks for joining us. Be well. Travel safe, and as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 239 says, never be afraid to mislabel a product. Hang dong and shocker! Soy, 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 so